Welcome to another juicy bonus episode of the Create a Relationship That's Real podcast. I am Kamisha, your host, your girl, and the best friend in your head, holding you accountable to living a life full of the love of your dreams. Today, I have the absolute honor of chatting with and super excited for you to meet Amy Stone. She is a life coach who helps and supports adults and blended families reduce drama and go from chaos to calm in their homes. So listen, you are going to love our conversation because not only does she share her story, but we talk about both the highs and the lows of living this blended family life. So let's go ahead and get into it. So hello, Amy. Hello, gorgeous. How are you? I'm so good. Thank you so much for having me on the show today. No, thank you for joining me. And Inquiring Minds want to know what made you want to be a co-host for the Creator Relationship That's Real podcast today? Oh, I'd love to meet new people. I love to be in places where I get to share my story and um, and reach out and help people however I can. That is so amazing. So go ahead and tell us about you know your story and your experience with blended families. All right. Well, how much time do you have? Because this is a long story. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, so when I was in my 20s, I was doing what we do when we're in our 20s. I was uh, living my life. I had a job. I was dating people. Um, I got invited to a, a happy hour uh, by a coworker who uh, I started dating. And um, that coworker was older than me and had been married and divorced. And I knew that. I uh, didn't think about it at all because I was going to happy hour. Um, I was playing the field. I was not looking for a permanent relationship. And But lo and behold, fast forward, that is who I fell in love with. That is who I married. And so um, I was a stepmom before I was a mom. And, um, and that's my introduction to blended families. And so we're going to talk more about that today. Like, you know, the thought process, which in my case was very unintentional to date somebody who had been divorced. Um, and I think that's, I think that's a fun topic. So you say that, you know, you met this guy and you said you became a stepmom before you became a mom. Now tell us more about that because that's something that we really don't hear a lot. Um, It's usually, you know, the other way around where it's, you know, I already have kids and then I become a stepmom. So what was it like trying to adjust to being a stepmom, you know, and learn how to be a mom at the same time? So I think that's a fabulous question. So like blended families come in a couple different forms. They probably come in an unlimited number of forms actually, but you've got the Brady Bunch model where uh, you've got two people with kids who come together, right? And then you've got um, people who have kids and then remarry a second time. And that, so they're a mom and then they're a stepmom. And then you've got um, where the mom does not have children or, um, and then they add children, which is my model. Um, and then there's also the model where you will marry somebody who has kids and then not have kids of your own. So those are the only kids. So those, those are the common ways that we see this come together. This is a wonderful question because, um, I, I mean, I did not, uh, I did not have a plan. (laughs) The most common complaint, uh, the most common issue that people come to me to help them with when uh, we talk about blended families is what we call blending parenting styles. And I always think that that's really interesting because I did definitely struggle with that. But if I'm honest with myself, I didn't have any children, so I didn't have a parenting style 
um, when I started. I was very much, um, I had opinions. I had thoughts about how things should go, but I wasn't a parent yet. I didn't have a parenting style. I just had an adulting style and maybe not even that if we're being honest. So, and then, um, and then we added kids. Then I had two kids and now my kids, I'll tell you so that you guys have, uh, your listeners have a perspective of how long I've been at this. Uh, my stepkids are now, um, about to be 32 and 28. Um, they're grown and I came into their life when they were eight and four. Um, and my kids are teenagers. So I have been at this for a very long time, um, had lots of experiences, good, bad, um, and wonderful and, uh, and all kinds of, of, of obstacles as well. So what do you think was the biggest adjustment? Like, as far as like your confidence goes, like, did you have all the confidence in the world that you could do this? Was there some fear behind it? Um, what did that look like for you? This is a wonderful question. So when I introduced, I'll tell you a story. Um, when I introduced my parents to my then boyfriend and his kids, um, we had, it was a holiday. And so my parents had come down and so on and so forth. My parents are divorced and have been divorced like my whole life. So that by itself was as dramatic as it needed to be. We introduced them to each other. They loved the guy I was dating. He was really nice. I was very excited about this relationship. I was hoping that my parents would be in full support the way you want your parents to be. Like we want our parents, even if we have a terrible relationship with our parents, right? We want, or our step-parents, we want them to support the things that we love and that are important to us. Right. right? We want them to come to us and do that. So after this, we have this holiday uh, event and uh, my uh, mom sits me down and she says to me, you know, are you sure you want to take this on? Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was so angry. Actually, let me, she said, this sounds like a lot. Are you sure you want to take this on? I was so angry. The, how, how dare she challenge me? How dare she think that I was not up for this? Like, of course I was, you know, and that's, that was my thought process at the time. Looking back with, you know, 25 years of, um, of water under the bridge, I can see that my, my mom knew a lot more about relationships and she knew a lot more about raising kids. Um, because what did definitely my experience, and I'll share with people who are looking at this the biggest shift was when we went from me living in my own space and interacting with my boyfriend, fiance and his children to when we moved in together. And then we were sharing a house with the kids. That was a massive shift. And that was a bigger shift than when we actually legally got married. Um, because living with children is hard. Right. Yeah. And yeah, <laughs> I think that's hard. I think that's hard. I, do you have, to, do you have any ch- children? Yes. I have two boys. Okay. And how old are they? They are one is my youngest is about to be five in May and my oldest is seven. So yeah, that's very close to the, so like, it's just challenging, you know, yeah. they, um, they assume the entire world is theirs, um, which I think is normal but I didn't realize that as a new stepmom, um, they are incredibly messy, (laughs) very loud, take up a lot of energy. Like it's just, it's really hard to live with kids. 
And I think that's true, whether it's stepkids or cousins, like if you had nieces and nephews um, move in, or if, you know, strangers from the street moved into your house and they were children um, or, or biological kids. Like I, it was not easy for me to live with my own. I mean, like, I don't want to sound like a terrible mom. It's hard to live with kids, right? Yeah. It's hard to live with kids. So, all right. So that's my, yeah. So that was the biggest transition. Um, and um, and I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what was age appropriate for them. I didn't know <laughs> the list of things I didn't know was very, very long. <laughs> Did there ever come a time where you questioned, or maybe one of the kids had questioned, you know, about how you would treat them? Like if you treated them differently or if they felt that, you know, they had to live up to, you know, the other, your other um, set of kids, did that have, have anything to do, you know, with you, you guys in your life or did it affect you or did it even happen? Sure. I'm sure it did. You know, I should really actually ask my stepkids about this now that they're adults. Um, so there is a benchmark that people will give you, which is probably at least partially accurate, which is that if you come into the kid's life before they are four or five, they will accept you as a parental figure. And if it's, if they're older than that, they have a set idea of who their parents are. So at some point I gathered that information and I was able to apply that. My stepkids do have a biological mom in their life who's very involved, uh, wonderful person, all of these things. So I didn't have that element. That can be a more complicating um, part of this process. So I was not trying to fill the role of mom in, in a, any context. I did go through a brief period where I was trying to sort of audition for um, the role of super stepmom and be really, really fun all the time. But I wasn't in my mind or in any other way trying to play the role of mom. And my stepdaughter and I both have similar color hair. Um, and so there was an event where we were newly married and I was taking her to get her haircut. We were all there together. Um, and somebody in the salon said, oh, you know, she looks like she could be, you know, your kid. And my stepdaughter went bananas and started screaming, she's not my mom. You're not my mom. Mm -hmm. And I just remember I looked at her and I was like, no, I know that. And I looked at the woman and I was like, she's got a mom. Like I'm not the mom. <laughs> and, um, it's a struggle with that, you know, and I could see that she was really stressed out by it. Um, because it is figuring out the identity and where you fit into the extended family is, is an interesting process. And it's probably different for everybody. Um, what eventually worked very well for me was really thinking about our group as a very large family. So like I think of my stepkids' parents as a part of my family. Um, I'm not like actually related to them, but they're just like an aunt or uncle or cousin. They're always a part of everything that we have to plan, you know, and all the things that we have to do. So if there's, um, you know, we're putting, we're planning a wedding right now, we're all going to be there. You know, this is, so that's what, that's how I sort of work through that. That's so as far as behavior, I may have veered off course. So behavior with my kids and behavior and them expecting that, um, we definitely had some struggles. Um, I don't know if they were significantly different from, um, 
the struggles I had with my biological kids, because kids can be uh, challenging to get them to do things. But we definitely did have struggles between different types of rules from house to house. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would walk in and say, we want to do this. And this is the way it is at the other house. And I would be like, I don't know if I'm okay with that. Like, cause this is my house. So we definitely had that. Yeah. That's, I think that's common. Like even with your own kids and like grandma's house, like trying to separate our house from grandma's house. Like, um, exactly. yeah. So I wanted to touch back on something you said about, you know, thinking that the, your, your kids, uh, parents, your stepkids' parents are like one family. You think of you guys as one family. And I think that's a lot of thing that um, not many people want to want to accept or realize is that you are going to be tied to these people, you know, for the rest of your life, as long as you're yeah. a part of that unit. Um, so do you have any advice or tips or anything that you can give to actually help someone who is maybe struggling with that? Oh, absolutely. So yeah, that was a very helpful shift for me because, you know, we all have family members that we maybe don't like to hang out with very much. Yeah. Right. So the fact that somebody's a part of your family has more to do with sort of commitment um, and acknowledgement that they're always going to be there, a sense of responsibility um, that you are not pushing them away or in denial that they're going to go away because they're probably not. And, and even if they do go away, this is an interesting thing, even if they do go away. So even if your, um, your, your partner's ex dies or moves away, they are in a lot of ways, still very much a part of your family because, and a part of the experience, because they will always have been the parent, right? Mm -hmm. So the kid will always have a relationship with that adult in that way. And so, you know, it's, it's something to definitely, I encourage people to honor the previous relationship and in whatever that means to you, you know, you don't have to like the person, you don't have to want to be besties with the person. They may be very high conflict and constantly causing you um, trouble, but um, like embracing them into your sort of circle of family and creating a framework, which is going to be different for every person that works for you to be able to live in that big extended family. So how close and how involved you are with the person depends on the person and the relationship, right? Um, You're probably not going to live in the same place, which will be helpful. (laughs) Um, How often you talk to them is going to depend on your custody arrangement. Um, And the big thing that I think a lot of us have to learn in uh, life, not just in blended family, but in life is the sort of concept of detaching from being emotional about some of the decisions with relationships, Mm -hmm. right? So um, that allows you to calm down and give yourself the space to be happier in a situation, even if you don't like it, right? So um, if you are emotionally attached to the you know, reactions of the bio mom or the bio dad, and you're all tied up in the emotions of it, then everything is very, very dramatic. And if you can detach from the emotion and just sort of see it objectively, like you would a stranger on the street or great aunt Susie, who, you know, you don't like very much. Oh, look, they're doing this crazy thing, you know, or they're doing this wonderful thing. Then it removes the drama and you're able to make decisions that are for you and not driven by the emotion. So that's the top thing that helped me a lot. And I 
I say it now having done it, but I will tell, I always tell people, I was working with um, a therapist at the time and they were saying, this is where you could detach. And I was like, I don't know what that means. Like, right. I need you to tell me, like, like what do I do? <laughs> so, I mean, I tell you like that, that's the, that's the skill, but it takes practice and it takes um, experience and it's all of, it's all of those things. Right. Because a lot of the times, like what I'm seeing is like, everything is it's like a competition. Like I have to outdo you. I have to, you know, and it's, it's causes more problems than it does, you know, yeah. solving and having, you know, a family that actually meshes together and one that is, you know, happy and flourishing. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, and we live in a competitive world, but I did eventually come to the conclusion that no one was keeping score. Um, there was not anybody standing there ready to give me an award and, and say, Hey, you know what? You are the better mom. Like that, that doesn't ever happen. <laughs> so, you know, you, you, we put a, it's a very, uh, you know, the job of caretaking and the job of raising children and the role of being uh, married to somebody for an extended period of time, that's hard work. And it's one of those things that you have to get up every day and decide whether you want to do it or not. And we all have that choice and there's no right or wrong choice, but we don't ever get a prize. Like you don't get a frequent flyer card for like doing a good job. And no one, no one stands up and says, yay, you're the best. And if they do it, you know, that's a bonus. Like, but I, there's no official, there's no judge. There's no, you know, no evaluation. There's no finish line. Right. Oh my goodness. That that was perfectly put. (laughs) what, what kind of work do you do now? Like how, what does your process look like when you're dealing with, when you're helping, um, you know, people in blended families, you know, come together as you have. So that's a wonderful, wonderful question. I really want to thank you for asking it. So I'm a life coach and I work with adults and blended families and the transition the, that I described that I want to work with people for is going from chaos, which is the the way I describe a family where people are struggling with the stress of blending or being in a blended family. Um, It can show up in a lot of ways. You may feel like you are an outsider. You may be conflicted on um, your identity and where you fit in the family. There may be a lot of actual conflict. There can be a bunch of different things going on. You may have a general sense of overwhelm and malaise you may not be sure that the relationship is working, um, stuff like that. And I say that we go from chaos to calm. And, um, and one of the reasons I chose the word calm to describe that as opposed to happy is that the happiness for me is sort of a, an elusive target. Uh, it's almost like once we get to calm, then we can allow the moments of happy and joy. But if we hold on real tight to that, like, I want to be happy. I want to be happy. I want to be happy. It's almost like we scare it away. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, m- and maybe people feel differently about that, but that's the way, um, I experience it. So I have a six stage process that I take people through, um, and we go through and we unpack what's going on, right? We look at the various relationships. We look at, uh, we work on communication. We work on identity structure within the family. Um, we work on the parental styles and communication. We work on how you want to be happy. Like what is it that we're working to create? Um, because that is a really, really big part of this process. It, like I, there was definitely a time in my family where um, I knew I was struggling and it, in order for me to get through it, I had to, you know, step back and then 
say, what do I want it to be? And it's hard to do that within a family because it, it is our full-time 24 hour job, right? We live in our family, but it's was unbelievably powerful. Like what, what do I want to, what do I want my family to look like? How do I want to be happy within that family? And just like anything else, uh, you know, a job, a decorating project, once you start to put together in your mind, the pieces that you hope to be there, it becomes a little easier to move toward it. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like something that's absolutely powerful. Um, you know, something that I wish that, you know, I had seen or, you know, witnessed my mom and my stepdad walk through, you know, when I was younger, because, you know, I didn't have my father, but I did have two stepfathers. My mom was, you know, married twice. So I seen a lot of that, a lot of the conflict, a lot of the competition, a lot of, you know, I actually went through the process of, oh, well, I'm being treated different than his daughter, you know? So yeah, like, I absolutely love what you're doing. I think that that's something that's absolutely needed in, you know, today, especially in today's society, like you said, with the, the whole everything's a competition, everything is, you know, absolutely crazy, like, especially if, you know, you're, you're not happy, and you're constantly wanting it to be one way, but you're absolutely confused as to, you know, how to, how do you go about getting help? And some people have shame, and they don't even want to say anything about it. But it's like, you know, this is not only affecting you, it's going to affect the entire family. So I think that that is absolutely amazing, you know, what you're doing and keep doing it because <laughs> I guarantee you that this is something that is absolutely needed. Thank you very, very much. I'm happy to do it. It's as close as a calling as I think I've ever had to doing anything. And um, one of the things I'll just throw in, and I know we're going to wrap this up, is that you touched on the fact that some people have shame and a stigma. And one of the reasons I want to be really vocal about the work I'm doing and try and reach as many adults and blended families as I can is that there is a stigma still to divorce. And there is um, a social stigma that st some people in blended families feel that they're unusual, that it's different, um, that it's hard to do this. When you walk into, well, this is an old fashioned example, but you walk into a, a bookstore where there's a, an entire shelf of parenting books. It's all about you know mom, dad, and two and a half kids. There's not necessarily resources for people who are outside of that mold. And that's messed up because the majority of people, at least in the United States, have a blend in their family. And so it's not unusual and there shouldn't be a stigma. And we, you know, definitely need to work on this and give examples of, of families who are making it work and tools to help people be happy in this because we only get one life, right? You know, so <laughs> let's be happy. Like, yes. at, you know, whatever you're doing, like do the, let's do the work so that we can enjoy it and, and have happy you know, nourishing homes because that feels a lot better. Yes. Than constant chaos. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So if this was an interesting conversation to you guys, I would love for you to follow up with me. You can find me. My name is Amy and I call my business Amy says so like the joke, you know, mom says so. Um, and so it's Amy says so.com. And I've got their resource for folks, which I call the cup of contentment, which is how I think that contentment works um, and how we get happy. And then what causes overwhelm for people who are in families. So I'd love to share that with your listeners and that's where they can find it. Thank you, Amy. Oh my goodness. This was super fun. And it's such an interesting topic. Something that I actually have gotten asked about a few times is like being 
having that difficulty moving forward, especially like when you have kids and, you know, maybe the other person doesn't or, you know, in general, it's just a hard thing that, um, yeah. So yeah, this was, this Thank was fun. You. <laughs> You're so welcome. And that's a wrap for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. And I want to give a very special thanks to Amy Stone for joining us today and sharing her story. And by the way, if you want to sit with me, share your story, or join in on the conversation, sign up to be a guest and co-host at direct.kamisha.co slash guest. And I will slide you my schedule where you can secure your spot to sit with me and spill the tea. As always, if anything we discussed today resonated with you in some way, be sure to share your feedback and keep the conversation going by visiting my website at www.kamisha.co. That's C-A-M-I-S-H-A dot C-O. You can also find me on all social media platforms at kamisha.co. So just slide in my DMs and send me a message. You can provide me with the topics that you'd like for me to explore a little bit more and let me know your blended family experiences as well. You can find all of Amy's info in the show notes to connect with her, reach out for help, and let her know what you're thinking about this week's episode. So don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with a friend. Thanks so much for listening, love, and until next time, we'll chat soon. Peace.